This podcast is brought to you by GG Poker. GG Poker won huge tournaments and hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament. As the world's biggest online poker room, GG Poker are making poker fun again. GG Poker offers exciting game formats and software features that aren't available anywhere else. So why play anywhere else? Plus, if you're new to GG Poker, get £60 free play when you make your first deposit of £10 or more. Players must be 18 plus. Full terms and conditions apply. Please see ggpoker.co.uk for details. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and today we are going to be discussing 
the likely lineup for Thursday's visit of AC Milan in the Europa League. So here we are, we're looking at the aftermath of the Glasgow Derby defeat to Rangers. Loads has been said, uh, loads um, has also been written all about the the possible reasons for it. Uh, be that personnel, we're getting the thumbs up, we're all sorted, it's all good to go. That's what happens if something's not working, you put it right, and that's been a big issue, I think, after the um, the derby game on Saturday. It wasn't working, it was clear that it wasn't working, and absolutely nothing got done about it. So, obviously... Um, this is a wee sign, isn't it? We came on five minutes ago and the sound was poor. We rebooted it. And I think Celtic need a reboot as well. So apologies for that. You know how much we're looking at the quality all the time. We're always trying to make sure that the quality guests are good enough, the sound and the visual. Now, today, as always, when I'm solo, I'm relying on you uh, as an audience to get involved here because sometimes... When the chat's flowing and we've got a guest in the audience uh, in the studio, it's hard to get through um, as many questions and comments as we would like. So over to you. This is your show and um, we will be going through as many as we possibly can. I've tried to look at a bit of the shape AC Milan uh, might actually set up with. So that would also be an interesting one. I know that we do have some Italian football fans who tune into a Celtic state of mind. Will they set up with a 4-2-3-1? Is that their preferred? Will they go to Celtic Park in the same way with the one up top being the one and only uh, Zlatan? If so, do we try and combat that? Um, because I think when we went into that game there at the weekend, obviously everything's at Neil Lennon's disposal. He's got all the, the stats, he's got all the figures and all the analytics and he's picked his team that he felt could beat Rangers. Unfortunately, we were a million miles away from that. We've been talking about it all week, as I said, and some of those points will come back into the conversation that we're having today because it's uh, inevitable that the, the last result, the last performance will come into the conversation when we're talking about um, a visit of AC Milan. Normally, we would all be buzzing, wouldn't we, the day before the game. We'd all be planning our uh, travel to that game. And uh, it's going to be a wee bit different tomorrow night, isn't it? We're bringing in uh, a European football giant. He's, they've got players such as Latan Ibrahimovic, who is an iconic football footballer um, on the global stage. They're all coming to Celtic Park. These are the type of teams and the types of players that we love to see at Celtic Park. Yet we won't be there in person, which is very disappointing. It's been disappointing all season. How much of that is affecting the players? Well, you know we've got a massive advantage when we're playing at a full Celtic Park. Um, but it's, a, it's going to affect other teams as well, isn't it? So I, I'm not going to use that as an excuse or a reason for the poor performances um, that Celtic have served up this season. Um, we came out after the game and we were analysing the game and I think a lot of people were frustrated um, because we didn't go for the jugular at that point. And um, I think that's only understandable because you go away, you have a look at the game, the performance, and uh, you think about the entire season, you try and come up with a, a reason or a collection of reasons as to why it hasn't worked this season. And it certainly hasn't yet. And I know we're only four points behind, but we are the uh, reigning league champions nine years running. We can't, and I don't think we have this season, rested on that because we've gone out into the transfer market and it looked like a very impressive uh, bit of business at Celtic done in the transfer market. The only player I think that we we really wanted to get, and some of us probably expected us to get in, was Fraser Foster. It didn't happen. 
and we've gone out very quickly and got um, a backup uh, choice at that time. I'm guessing it was uh, Fraser Forster who was our number one choice, and Barkas has come in. So I'm not going to be revisionist. I'm not going to say that it's not been a good enough transfer window because uh, you only have to look at some of the podcasts we've done around the transfer window to know that we more or less were satisfied, I think. And, um, you know, other things have happened since then. We've had the issues with players being missing through uh, illness, through the virus. That's going to be another issue tomorrow night. Uh, some people are asking about Julien, so we'll have a wee chat about uh, what we know about the situation there with Julien as well. There's other issues, and we covered them on Monday and Tuesday. Uh, Monday's show went down really, really well, actually. We had two new pundits on the show. Tony from two Tims, uh, sorry, four Tims, four Tims uh, and a pod um, came along as did Russell Boyce for his first appearance on a Celtic State of Mind. And the, it was refreshing to get a, new, a few new faces on the show. Someone likened them to uh, Samaras and McCourt. I just love how everybody focuses on hair when it comes to a Celtic State of Mind. Um, but anyway... They were brilliant on Monday, weren't they? And then on Tuesday, we got a completely different take on it because our regular pundit, Lawrence, came on um, to speak about supporting Neil Lennon. So that's what's important about Celtic State of Mind is we don't have an agenda. We don't have an agenda. Um, and the narrative is kind of formed and shaped by the people who are on the show and also by those who tune into the show. And the numbers are getting bigger and bigger um, as the weeks go on. And um, thanks everybody for getting involved because a Celtic State of Mind has gone from podcast to broadcast and in doing that obviously we need the support of our fans, everything we do is free, uh, you just get involved and subscribe to us on YouTube, remember to subscribe on YouTube, we're building our subscription base on there, as I said everything is absolutely free of charge. I'm going to run through, as I said, as many of the, the queries as possible. A few of the early ones saying that the sound is good. Thanks for that. From time to time, there will be technical issues. It normally happens when I'm in here on my own. So maybe that tells you more about my technical ability than anybody else's. First up is Stephen Forbes. Welcome back to the broadcast. Stephen, you're commenting via YouTube. The formation and lineup must be geared towards cutting out the supply to Ibrahimovic, IH decorating his lineup is how I'd start. Uh, IH may have uh, listed that on the original broadcast that we had to scrap because the sound engineer didn't do his job properly, uh, but he has reposted it thankfully. And your lineup is a four-one-four-one. You're starting with Barkas in goals. You've got uh, Ayer, Duffy, Welsh, and you've got Taylor, Brown, Christie, McGregor, Turnbull. Luxol, Griffiths or Ajeti. And so you're playing with Ayer at right back. Um, yeah, I can understand that because when I was writing my team down here, that was one of the possibilities. You're going for four at the back. People call it a flat back four. I don't think Celtic play with a, a flat back four because obviously the, the full backs always play uh, high up the pitch as well. You, you look at the performances particularly of Greg Taylor, he's, he's had so much of the ball in the opposition's half, and you would expect that. I think Ayer is very comfortable on the ball. He's a ball-playing centre-half now at Celtic, but we know that when he came in as a young player from Norway, under the tutelage of Ronnie Dyla, he was an attacking midfielder, so he's very comfortable on the ball. And I think we saw that when uh, you know he was part of the, the build-up to the goal against St Johnston when uh, Lee Griffiths opened the scoring. 
And uh, there was that bit of, um, you know, creativity and flamboyance up the right-hand side to open it up for Elhamid to cross, for Griffiths to, to head into the net. So, yeah, I can see why you would play Ayer there, and I think he's more than capable. And he's played at right-back for Celtic previously. Um, Brown and McGregor. You're sticking with Brown and McGregor. There's been some criticism, A, for Brown's performance and, and then B, for McGregor's deep-lying kind of area that he's uh, occupying at the moment. Is he as effective in there as a kind of deep-lying defender, uh, defending midfielder? Would you rather see him uh, more further up the pitch? We, we've seen before what he can do from an offensive position. The goals that he scores are, are um, you know, over the last few seasons have been very important to Celtic. You've got Turnbull in there, Laxall and Christie. So, you know, you're you're playing with, uh, obviously, at a 4-1-4-1. And uh, you've got Griffiths or a Yeti as well, 2-4-6-8-10 and Griffiths or a Yeti. Well, the question I would throw out is who do you start up front? Because... You've got Griffiths coming back, always coming back from um, his absence from the, the lineup and coming back to full fitness. You've got a Yeti who has he ever been fully fit since uh, he came to Celtic Park, you know? And it's about time that we, we did get these players up to full fitness. Neil Lennon came out after the, the Rangers game to speak about Odson Eduard. And as everyone knows, he. Uh, tested positive whilst on international duty for coronavirus, COVID-19. And therefore, it looks as though he'll be out and, um, you know, incredibly similar as we're naming him in not only the starting lineup or the starting 24, the Rangers game. He's definitely um, a massive doubt and it's unlikely that he'll be part of the squad against AC Milan. I think this, it's the same could be said for uh, the other players affected by the illness. The other question would be, uh, or Julien, we know that uh, Christie, of course, would be back. He didn't contract the illness, but he was um, he was in quarantine uh, due to the fact that he came into contact with Stuart Armstrong. So we will be looking at the uh, Julien situation at the moment because your whole team is shaped around the players who are absent uh, just now, isn't it? So I think um, Julien... It's a reoccurrence of the back injury and I'm pretty sure at some point today uh, Neil Lennon will touch on that. So he won't be fit uh, for Thursday night, unfortunately, because I think at this moment in time, if he was fit, he'd be straight into the team. One of the things, going back to um, the team I've already read out from one of our listeners, the IH Decorating, is that Welsh has been uh, dropped onto the bench, I'm guessing. So we'll talk about that as well because I think that's more to do with the shape rather than the performance of the youngster against Rangers. Then you've got also got to ask, uh, Luxalt made his, his debut against Rangers. Uh, I actually thought he was far from the worst player on the pitch, I've got to say. Um, you know, there, there were very few players who uh, covered themselves in glory, but I thought as a debut and in a game the size of that, that Luxalt showed a bit of promise, certainly. You know, that, that's uh, not much to give after a, a result like that. It's not much consolation. But I think he's done enough to keep a hold of the jersey against his parent club. Um, so Eddie out, Julian out. Uh, Laxall to start what do you think about that, do you keep him in um, does Welsh drop to the bench a lot of calls coming in for Turnbull uh, to start as well earlier on in the week I don't know if this has settled down slightly but earlier on in the week I was hearing a lot of calls for Brown uh, to drop out 
I don't think that's going to happen against AC Milan in such a massive game. And then, of course, you're asking yourself about uh, the centre-forward position. And the guy that got the jersey was Klamala, probably due to the fact that he was the fittest striker that we had of the four. Didn't work. Now, he didn't get a lot of, uh, of any um, service due to the fact that we were so uh, starved of service down the wings. Uh, we had no width whatsoever, did we? Um, and again, Frimpong came in for quite a bit of um, you know, criticism as a result of that. And I think that's fair enough. You can't say, well, you can't criticise him because of his age. He's a first-team player um, and you know his performances this season mean that he's been a first pick. And in actual fact, I would still pick him on Thursday night. But if he has a bad game, yeah, you look at the fact that he didn't get much service but the ball, uh, when he did get it, he didn't run at the defenders as we would have expected. You know, you're looking up at uh, the left back there, Barisic, uh, again, a good player. Don't know if he's fully fit, international player, but I don't think Frimpong challenged him. Um, so yes, he wasn't getting the service, but the ball that he did get, I didn't think was very productive. Um, and that that was a big issue for me because I, I felt that Frimpong and Luxalt were, were two key players for us uh, leading into the Rangers game as well. Now, Bob Doig, you're commenting on YouTube. For everybody who is watching on YouTube, please subscribe to that and get involved with all the comments. Some people can't tune in live at 12.30. I know it doesn't suit a lot of people. I also know that our YouTube channel is much busier between 6 and 8 in the evening time. And we do try and get some broadcasts out there uh, later on at night. And that's why we did the pre-match um, game for the, the Glasgow Derby. And we did that on a Friday night. And obviously that developed in such a way that uh, a team line was read out on that show uh, without any knowledge, any prior knowledge in myself um, as the presenter of the show. And a team line was read out. It turned out that it was very similar. It wasn't exact when you when you listen back because the team line that was read out did have a Yeti in it, I believe. Um, but it was very similar to the team line that was announced the following day. Uh, this raised the concerns, not specifically through our show, because obviously it was circulating around WhatsApp groups before then. And uh, this raised the concern of the mole at Celtic. And it's, it's a huge concern, isn't it? And it's one of the biggest concerns, actually. And I've had a few people saying, well, it's easy to find out who the mole is. Just contact a Celtic state of mind. Um, well, no one's contacted us in relation to it. But what I can say is I can't provide any more information than you saw on the podcast. I'm sitting on the other side of a table here and that information was read out. So on a personal level, I have no further information. Um, I think if anyone knew who the mole is, it would be their duty as a Celtic supporter um, to tell the club because I believe that there's a, an investigation ongoing. I don't care about anybody saying grass or any of these kind of things, because it's, it kind of goes beyond that, doesn't it? We need to find out who is leaking information from Celtic, uh, because it is damaging to the club. Once again, I think it had no bearing whatsoever on the performance of Celtic on the day, uh, but you, you definitely need to stamp that kind of behaviour out. So, uh, Bob Doig, it's time to see what Turnbull is made of. I think I agree with you. And I've got him in my starting lineup as well, Bob. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. 
trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Here's a player that we brought in who uh, was up there. I'm not going to say he was the most promising youngster in Scottish football. He's certainly up there. I think another promising youngster is Lewis Ferguson. What a goal he scored last night for Aberdeen as well um, against his former club. I think the development of Lewis Ferguson has been um, quite incredible, to be fair. Um, but he is developing into a player that you think to yourself would be a great player for Celtic, wouldn't he? Um, and it's easy now to say, oh, you know, he would have made an impact. Nobody knows. Nobody knows if he would have made an impact. I think collectively as a team, we were all over the place on Saturday. Um, and that's why I don't even think, you know, having Edward up front would have made a blind bit of difference because he wouldn't have, wouldn't have got any more service than Clamalla got. So, yeah, I think um, Turnbull d- does deserve a chance. There was a suggestion that he might start against Rangers uh, at the weekend. He didn't. Would he have made any difference? Well, he certainly wouldn't have made any difference coming on with six minutes to go. I know that much about football. Barca boy, I fear Lenny risk, Lenny's risk aversion to changing things has rubbed off on the players. No creativity without risk, only Christie taking chances and we missed a lad on Saturday. Barca boy, 100% agree with that. Christie was get, coming in for a lot of flack and I think what, what we did, when I'm watching a game and we do the pre-match, half-time and post-match, constantly taking notes uh, because it's easy to forget specific incidents during a game. So constantly taking notes for the entire 90 minutes of the European game. And the only player that was creating anything was Ryan Christie. And I think it's actually a measure of his match week in, week out that he is uh, often the only guy that's uh, taking these risks that we're talking about. So I think that Ryan Christie's absence on Saturday uh, was pretty crucial. Again, I'm not going to start saying if and but and all this kind of stuff because, you know, we were well beaten. And that's the first and foremost what I would like to say. We were well beaten. I'm I'm not making any excuses. Um, It would be remiss of me not to analyse all factors of the game. And that would include the performance of the referee, for example, the players that were missing for Celtic through illness and injury. Um, So, yes, it's going to be mentioned. I'm not using it as as excuses. Um, I think it was pretty clear that the, the reason we lost the game is Neil Lennon got it wrong. Uh, the lineup was wrong, the shape was wrong. The players also let them down, let Lenny down. Of course they did. It's a collective responsibility. Uh, but in the two biggest games of this season, I think the gaffer got it wrong. Ferenc Varos, who were absolutely destroyed 5-1 against Barcelona uh, last night and uh, against Rangers, where it now looks, and it's up to Celtic and the coaching staff to prove us wrong, and now looks as though Gerard has got Lenny's cards marked when it comes to these games and it's up to Lenny his coaching staff and the players to turn that one round um, the game can't come quick enough but you know I think Celtic need to get into their stride before we feel confident enough to go back into that fixture so Barca boy yeah I think uh, Christie came in for a lot of criticism but when you look at the way that he plays the game and the, the chances that he creates then he's pivotal 
to uh, decide. You know, against Rangers, we lacked creativity so badly. And there's been games that Christie's played in that we've lacked creativity. But he is the guy that takes risks. And I think because he takes a risk and loses the ball, he takes a shot and it goes wildly over the bar. Um, you know, sometimes he tries to create a chance through a crossfield pass and it ends up out the pitch. These sometimes are the things that, that fans remember because he's tried, rather than a sideway pass, rather than putting his ball, his foot in the ball, as we've seen so often on Saturday, and then playing an easy pass and everybody getting so many touches of the ball, Christie does try and make something happen. Sometimes there's nothing on, he'll try a shot. Um, speculative shot but what we did see is that when he tries a shot um, against Sarajevo and the goalkeeper spills it we get our goal we get our goal out of Christie trying a speculative long range effort we've seen absolutely none of that on Saturday so yes Christie's inclusion will be a major part of tomorrow night's outcome now Colin Watt would have normally been here this week but he's let us down Colin, I'm only kidding, mate. Happy birthday to you, sir. And uh, you have been replaced by that, so Bumblebee away kit. Uh, looking back to the thing about that Bumblebee kit, by the way, you know, we didn't uh, we didn't actually win anything wearing it. You know, we wore it under Tony Mowbray, and we wore it at a time when the Three Amigos were playing. Uh, but Colin will be back next week. Uh, here's hoping for a good result tomorrow. Well, I've also heard, and this is another big thing, a lot of fans coming out saying they're not interested in uh, Europe this season. Uh, get back on track domestically, but I think they go hand in hand. If you, if that's your way you, that you think that's your opinion, I, I'm not here to change that. But if you want to perform, let's say on Sunday against Aberdeen, the worst way of preparing for that would be um, to continue the situation that uh, came to head on Saturday. I'm not going to say it started on Saturday because the performances leading up to Saturday showed us what was going to happen. Um, if premoni- premonition was required, you know, just have to look at some of the previous games. And uh, so it happened on Saturday and we need to get back on track tomorrow night. If if you want to talk about getting back on track domestically, that starts tomorrow night because you need to get a performance. You need to try and get a, a momentum. Neil Lennon needs to try and get a shape and he needs to get the personnel who are actually playing um, to that formation and to that shape and for Lenny and for the the betterment of Celtic Football Club there was a few concerns about some performances on Saturday and I think there will be changes made with that in mind the changes that I'm going to suggest aren't through elite team they're just my prediction uh, which I think is fair enough rightly or wrongly now Ben 515 you're commenting on YouTube and I've said it before but please if you are listening on YouTube and you haven't already done so please subscribe because we do daily bulletins like today we often have multi items of content going out on the YouTube channel so later on today I'll be joined by Anthony Haggerty to talk about the season so far and have a look ahead to tomorrow night's game as well we also do uh, interviews not as um regularly as we did previously it's got to be said because obviously Axon was built on the interview uh, of those with a Celtic state of mind but we do interviews and uh, the most recent one was with Johnny Owen so if you haven't already caught up with that cracking interview had to zoom in because he's based elsewhere but he has promised to come and uh, visit us uh, at the Celtic State of Mind studios up here in Scotland once everything settles down but he will be promoting um, he'll be promoting his film The Three Kings that we spoke about 
just last week. He'll be promoting that um, in other ways. So it is coming up in November and it's going to be screened. And uh, the tickets went on sale this morning, actually, at nine o'clock. Now, what Johnny's asked me to do, I got a text from him this morning saying, remind the Celtic fans that they are restricted numbers. So they're limited availability. Um, although there are quite a lot of shows. There's shows in Paisley and Cope Bridge, Livingston, Glasgow. Um, get on there, get on the website. I went on this morning, I got a couple of tickets myself. Uh, there are 10 each and uh, they will sell out. They will sell out simply because it's a reduced capacity. Uh, so visit 3kingsfilm.co.uk on the front screen, big button apply now, you apply for the tickets there and then. So it's obviously it's a film that's going to be looking at and is focused on three figures who shaped modern football globally. And the three figures are uh, Matt Busby, Bill Shankly and Jock Steen. So Johnny Owen knows his stuff. The research that he's done for this documentary is incredible. His previous films have been tremendous. Uh, watch, he's obviously uh, the Brian Clough film uh, and the, the film that he did on Wales. So Johnny Owen is a very talented guy. And uh, I am really looking forward to going to see that. I think I'm going on the first. I'm going, no, no, that's when we play. Uh, I'll be going on the second, which is the Monday. I'll be going on the, the Monday night. So get on that website and get it checked out. And also check out our interview as well. Now, Pat, welcome back to the show. Pat, you are commenting on YouTube yourself and you're really hoping that Lee Griffiths starts the game. Now, this is the question, isn't it? Because... Looking at the uh, the information that Neil Lennon gave us about Eduard and how he hadn't trained for two weeks and he was never ever in contention for the Rangers game, although they didn't want to put that out publicly, um, it would appear that obviously Eddie is now in a period of recuperation. Uh, we've also heard from uh, Nir Beaton this week and um, El Hamid uh, spoke to uh, an Israeli podcast um or in, indeed it was in Israeli, I don't know if it was an Israeli podcast, but it was translated uh, on one of the Celtic sites, uh, Celts are here I think it was. So well done to the guys for getting it translated, but he spoke about just how badly affected he was uh, with the virus. And I just think it's a stark reminder, isn't it, that uh, no matter who you are, um, th this virus is a killer. It's an absolute killer. We've heard some horror stories. Um, about how it affects people and uh, the casualties, regardless of where, whether or not you're in that vulnerable category. People think, oh, you know, um, I'm all right because I'm in my 30s. Some people might say I'm okay because I'm in my 40s. But these guys, Alhamid and Beaton, at the top of their game, fit athletes in their 20s, international footballers, and they both spoke about how uh, this virus really hit them for six. Um, so they too and Eddie... Uh, won't be involved tomorrow night. Julien's out injured, reoccurrence of a back injury. Um, so we will have Christy back. But when you're looking at Griffiths starting, uh, we're, we're choosing between three of our, our strikers now, aren't we? So Lee Griffiths, uh, Albiana Yeti and Patrick Clamalla. Um, it's not a opportunity for me to start criticising Clamalla for Saturday because he did have a poor game, but so many other players did also. And I don't think he got any kind of service uh, as a striker. So uh, in mitigation, I would need to mention that. However, he doesn't keep the jersey for me. Um, we saw a situation, we witnessed a situation after the Ferenc Varos uh, defeat, whereby we came up against uh, Motherwell and Neil Lennon stuck to the same team. 
Now, defiance to his detractors, um, loyalty to players that he felt played well enough against Ferenc Faros, uh, all of these things, perhaps he didn't have any players fit enough to start against Motherwell, uh, who had missed the game against Ferenc Faros, but anyway, he did stick to the same team, and that included no striker starting the game. I don't think Neil Lennon will, will do that this time round. Um, because we're looking at a couple of players, obviously, quite a few players were well, well below par, and uh, I reckon there will be a few changes, and one of them will be the striker. So the question is, who do you play? Klamala's out um, because of his performance on Saturday. Eduard's out due to his recuperation from COVID. So Ayeti and Griffiths, uh, no way will we start with two strikers. I'd be amazed. I'd be absolutely amazed. Uh, I'm not going to say what I would do if we do start with two strikers because I made that mistake on Friday night when I was told that Welsh was playing. Uh, and I thought Welsh played really well against Rangers. So who do you start with? I'm going to start with Griffiths as well, Pat. My reasons for that is that um, when you compare the, uh, not even just the performance uh, on Saturday of Griffiths against Ayeti, Ayeti came on um, 56 minutes uh, after Rangers had gone 2 nothing up. And I actually can't remember a single thing that Ayeti uh, gave to the game. Um, so, you know, he's come on there with six, you know, 34 minutes uh, still to play. He's got an opportunity to make a difference and I've seen nothing from him. Um, I've been very, very impressed with Yeti since he came into the club. His goal scoring record has been tremendous. I think he's the real deal when it comes to a player that we're plucking out of the English game. Um, Griffiths, he came on a little later, 67 minutes. But I do, I do think, if nothing else, that, uh, that there was... Um, an alertness about Griffiths. There was a uh, his, his usual self is that he comes in and he tries to make uh, a difference and he, he agitates the defence. And uh, I think that Griffiths showed more um, in the cameo appearance that he got. I think he showed more than a Yeti, and it's for that reason that I would start with Griff with a Yeti on the bench. And match fitness, we spoke about that on Monday. What is it? How can we not get Griffiths match fit? He's not coming back from injury. He's coming back from a lack of fitness um, that was well reported after the pre-season and he was left out of the um, the tour, the short tour to France. And then since then, he struggled to get back into the team. Came back in against St. Johnson, scored a goal. Uh, came off the bench again against Rangers. Didn't play uh, that many minutes, 23 minutes. Uh, but I think he gave a, a lot more in the 23 minutes than a lot of the players did uh, who spent a lot longer on the park. And so, yeah, Griffiths starts for me. I totally agree with that part. If anybody disagrees, let me know why. Um, why you disagree um, as well. Now, Robert Arbuckle, and you do get involved on a regular basis uh, with the show. So I'm just going to go through a couple of the comments and, and block them because unfortunately we do have to do that from time to time and uh, it's not Celtic fans I've got to say Robert Arbuckle YouTube you're commenting on I think how we line up will depend on who is available um, yeah as always and the availability of Eduard Ilhamid Beaton Julien Forrest and I think even Mikey Johnson still on that list so they're all unavailable for Thursday night do we still have enough at our disposal, where we're able to put out a team that can get a positive result against AC Milan. Well, you know, yesterday talking to Lawrence, we spoke about some great victories that Neil Lennon had had as a manager in Europe for Celtic. But 
I just feel that we're in a different place at the moment as a as a as a team, as a club. We're in a completely different place, and um, a result tomorrow night for me would be, and this might not go down too well, but avoiding defeat tomorrow night would be a good result for Celtic. But what's also important is the performance because tomorrow. Um, it's pivotal to Sunday, isn't it? We can't go into Sunday after two abject performances at the hands of Rangers and AC Milan. And you know, going into the Aberdeen game with two defeats, then you're starting to get into a rut. We've had a, a bit of a rut, I would suggest, with the performances. We can't allow that to creep into the actual results. So Red Scotland, uh, I see it as only one point behind. And by the time we play the pretenders again, we'll likely be already clear of them. Well, the thing with that with that viewpoint, and it's a viewpoint that will be shared by many, um, and again, I'm here to agree, disagree, uh, discuss, debate. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I just feel that this season is different. If you told me that last season, I would agree with you wholeheartedly. And I think um, I also spoke about um, some ghosts of the past, whereby even during a game, if we went a goal down, uh, I felt confident that there's plenty of time to go. If somebody scores against you in the first 10 minutes, there's plenty of time to go. And you're under no real um, kind of worry that you're going to lose the game. That was different for me on Saturday. I think when we went a goal down, I was struggling to see where we were going to pull it back. And then the performance that ensued just you know, fed that fear factor. And I'm talking about a fear factor. Why on earth should any Celtic fan have any kind of fear factor? Well, the reason I've got it is because the team are not performing. So, yeah, I would love to, to, to share your optimism. Um, and it's not all doom and gloom. I know that we have the players at our disposal. I think we've got a better squad than we had last season. I really think we've got a better squad. You know, we lost first-teamers. We lost Fraser Foster, Craig Gordon, Johnny Hayes, Jozo Simunovic. I've named two goalies. I appreciate that. Um, but we lost four first-team squad players, and I think we've replaced them. Now, people might argue that uh, Barkas is a downgrade on Forster. Um is there something more in the fact that Foster didn't come back? You know, when you start looking at some of the other issues that have been raised, that's something that I've not really considered. So that's another point for discussion. Um, now, what we've also got is we've got uh, Facebook. And um, if you're watching on Facebook, in order for your uh, beautiful avatar and your name to appear, there's a short registration process with StreamYard. So apologies, I don't know who I'm re- responding to. But um, from Facebook... We need a solid performance on Thursday, absolutely. Irrespective of the result, to gain confidence before the Aberdeen game. We all need to stay calm, and when our big players are back, we will be fine. Well, this is the thing as well. You know, you have a show straight after the game. Uh, you know that a lot of people are tuning in just to wallow in your defeat, and you, you take that, that comes with the territory. Celtic fans are given a platform to vent their frustrations immediately after the game. And then on the Monday and the Tuesday, you've had a wee bit longer to think about it and consider uh, the reasons why we why we were comprehensively uh, dismantled by a Rangers side who are capable. They're not superb. They're not astonishingly great. Um, there's loads of players in that team who wouldn't get a game for Celtic 
in my opinion, as individual players, but they are playing as a unit, they are playing as a team, uh, they're organised and they have the beating of Celtic on their day. Will Rangers drop points um, outside of this game in the league? 100% they'll drop points they already have against um, Livingston and Hibs and they'll drop more points, of course they will. And Celtic will rack up a lot of points also uh, before the next time that we play them. We were also hearing at the last crisis, uh, if you want to call it that, with Bolly, Bolly and Goli, um, that we were going to be 11 points behind Rangers by the time we played that game. And we weren't. You know, so nobody's looking into the future and saying it's all going to be doom and gloom. But things are, are different now to what they were, you know, last season. And one of the biggest um, kind of issues that we need to comprehend and we need to take it seriously is that the league season may not come to a conclusion. So it is important. You can't give them, we can't have a slow start. We can't give them the momentum. We can't give them a huge lead. And although it is four points with a game in hand, that game in hand is against Aberdeen. And this is a team that we're playing on Sunday. They had a, a decent first 30 minutes, certainly last night. They're scoring goals. They've got some useful players. Um, Derek McInnes will have them well drilled. Uh, they're a team that have flattered to deceive on many, many occasions over the last several seasons. But they will be looking at Celtic as a wounded animal, won't they? They, they will be. Uh, they will be looking at Celtic in that way. And that's why I think it's so important that we go out and we do get a performance. I think you're right. We need to get a performance. I imagine we went out tomorrow night and got beat one nothing, But it was a brilliant performance. And Celtic were narrowly defeated. And we went toe-to-toe and there was some great football. And the defenders showed up. And we weren't playing, you know, tippy-tappy football uh, amongst the, the back line and all this kind of stuff. And we were managing uh, an AC Milan team with some superstars in it. Then, you know, I think we'd go into... Sunday's game a lot happier even if it was a, a narrow defeat and I never want to see Celtic getting beat that line in the song we don't care if you win, lose or draw I do you know I'll always support Celtic but I do care if we win, lose or draw um, but under the circumstances the performance is very important uh, at the moment and Paul Mooney commenting on YouTube agrees with that a good performance against Milan will do Aberdeen is a real game this weekend yep yeah, I think you're getting exactly the same kind of view as myself, Paul, in that in order to do the business against Aberdeen, you do need that good performance because then you're looking for another response. Well, the response is now. The response to Saturday's defeat is absolutely here and now. Um, so Robert Arbuckle, you're assuming that um, El Hamid, Beton, Julien, Eddie and Forrest are all still out. Yes, and the one that um, I don't know for sure is uh, John's, um, Mikey. So Mikey Johnson, he's been out for ages, uh, infamously came off the park and was given a couple of uh, words in his lug from Neil Lennon. It seemed funny at the time, I'm not laughing at the moment to be fair. Uh, Mikey Johnson, it's going to take a wee while for him to get match fit as well. But I think about four weeks ago, Lenny gave us a, a, an update that he would, be, he would be ready in four or five weeks. So he can't be far away. I'm certainly not saying that we throw him in to a game against AC Milan and he's nowhere near my starting 11 but you know he might start on the bench we'll need to wait and see on that one we'll need to wait for an update from the gaffer and Pat reminds us that the game is being shown live on Virgin Media 2 in Ireland so for all our Irish supporters out there who tune into a Celtic state of mind and there are many because you know we do get updates on uh, where everybody's watching the show uh, on the podcast side of things and on YouTube and uh, we're getting big numbers in 
the certain parts of the UK and in Ireland and in America, New Zealand and Canada. They're our top um, countries for tuning in. But we also go out to Costa Rica, Luxembourg, Vietnam and all these other places. So, yes, uh, good shout, Pat. All our fans in Ireland can enjoy that on Virgin Media 2. Now, Gary Doonan, welcome back to the show, Gary. You are commenting on Facebook. It's always great to hear from you. Right, here we are. You're telling us we're going back to a period that we look back on as a period of domination as well under Martin O'Neill. Martin O'Neill changed a lot of things when he came in as a Celtic manager. A lot of things that we continue to this to this day. And uh, he won one in eight games against McLeish's Rangers. Sorted it out. We won seven games in a row. Gordon Strachan lost four in a row to Rangers and sorted it out to win third title in a row. Hopefully Lennon can do a similar feat. I, this is a big thing, Gary. And... Um, you know, all you would need to do, because we go out live and we don't edit uh, any of these broadcasts, anything I say is out there. So I can't go back and say, oh, I've always said this about Neil Lennon. I've been supporting uh, Lenny since the, the, the day he got the job. I really have. And I remember the walk back uh, from the cup final against Hearts and uh, we're walking back to where my car was parked and even a parking ticket uh, couldn't take the shine off uh, the fact that we just won another treble. Then I hear that, uh, you know, Lenny has been given a job permanently. And I think it was a situation that, under the circumstances, when he was given a job, when, when Brendan Rogers left, the way that he left, the way that Brendan left, we needed someone who could come in and we needed a togetherness about the whole squad, about the whole club. So it was a different type of appointment at that time and we did need somebody who was able to galvanise and I think at that time the interim appointment in Neil Lennon was right. And people uh, look back to his performances at Bolton and Hibs and say, you know, sacked here, caused us to see there, he should never have been back at Celtic Park. I think it was the right appointment and he proved that by wrapping up the treble. Then going into the, the, the following season as the permanent manager, it divided opinion. I think when you look at the performances last season, it was the right choice. We're now moving into uh, the second full season and his second uh, term, uh, his second spell at the club, rather, as manager. And first thing I would say is you don't stick to the same opinion. You can change opinion based on performance. You can change opinion based on the mood of the camp, the mood of the fan base. Now, I'm not just following uh, the tribe here because loads of people are disagreeing with me. Uh, but I, I really do think that uh, we are analysing the performance right now of Neil Lennon. Uh, some people came out on Saturday, Sunday and Monday. The hashtag, Lennon out, I wasn't one of them. I'm not calling for his head, absolutely not. Um, but if something doesn't change in the performances of the team, then it will get to a drastic stage. And the the, the thing I, I discussed earlier uh, with someone in the studio is you don't want to be in a situation where you're sacking managers whilst you're going for 10 in a row. You really don't. You want to avoid that. It would be the last case scenario to do that. You're not going to do it after one defeat. You're not even going to do it after one defeat and get knocked out of the Champions League, which is where we are sitting at the moment. Um, but, if that spark isn't uh, reignited in the Celtic side, if the performances don't return, if we don't start clawing back the four-point deficit against the league leaders, 
um, then there are issues and then we need to face them. I'm not calling for Neil Lennon sacking. I never have on this show. I've criticised them uh, and I've criticised them this week. I think as Celtic fans are entitled to do that. We're watching it from afar, which isn't easy. I've got to say it's not easy watching it from afar, but we can analyse it. We can sit down and we can analyse the game. We've got all the, the views. Um, some of them, unfortunately, we don't get repeats of, which we would like to see. But we can analyse the performance and we go over it. And it's not just a case of sack Lenny and, you know, change everything and everything becomes rosy. It could go the other way. You bring in a new manager who needs to get to know the, the actual personnel, needs to uh, build a, a kind of uh, momentum that isn't there at the moment. And uh, the whole mood of the camp needs to change. That's difficult. I think what happened and what worked in our favour last year, uh, two things uh, all around that, that January after, you know, the winter break after the defeat against Rangers, uh, we don't have a similar scenario this year because we're in a situation of restrictions and lockdowns. So uh, we, we really need to pull it in. We need, to, we need to pull it out from within. We can't go away for camps um, to recover. We can't do things like that. So yeah, you know, I'm not calling for Lenny's head, but I'm, I'm being very critical and I'm uh, giving him a huge amount of the blame actually for where we are at the moment. If he proves me wrong, great. He doesn't care who I am, I don't think, on a, on a personal level. But as a Celtic supporter and someone who is given a platform for other fans to air their view and pundits, um, it is important that we discuss all of these things and all these eventualities and possibilities as well. Now, uh, Mamansis, who comments quite regularly, so welcome back. Beaton and Elhamid were very unwell, uh, so they may not be back for another week. Absolutely. I was reading about that this morning. Um, I think it's actually hit all three players uh, pretty badly. Um, Edward as well. Um, surely if Eddie isn't fit then Griff has to start well I would say the one massive surprise I would have is if Klamala started again um, to be honest with you if Ayeti started I wouldn't be a massively uh, it wouldn't be a massive surprise it wouldn't be a massive grenade and if Griffith starts um, likewise will he start with uh, Christie up front serious question will he start with Christie up front Um I hope not. I hope we start with a striker. If if we're coming to the end of October, we've been knocked out of the Champions League. We're in. We've qualified for the Europa League group stages. We're playing our first group stage game. If we don't have a fit striker at this stage, and we've got four on the books, I'm majorly concerned with that. Huge concern. So we need to start with a striker. That's a big thing. But have we considered what might happen if Christie comes in and we do what we've done against Ferenc Varos? I hope. I really do hope that uh, we learned our lesson, uh, absolutely. Now, what I've got to say, Mr Briggs, uh, you're commenting on YouTube, Mary's a roaster, get her kicked out of the chat. I did see that. Um, it is sometimes difficult where you are presenting the show, you might have guests in the, in the studio, and also you've got these comments coming in thick and fast. Sometimes difficult to keep up with them. As soon as I see one um, that isn't here for the discussion, for a balanced discussion, I remove them. I don't just automatically remove anyone who's not a Celtic fan. I, I, that's not that type of show. But if anyone comes on, and whatever view they're, they're raising isn't balanced, or if it's offensive, they're gone, they're blocked. If I miss them, people like Mr Briggs can let me know. And it's not about grassing. Um, it's just about cleaning up uh, the, the chat. We want to have balanced chat on a Celtic state of mind. Um, now, Hughes Stephen. Uh, you're commenting on Twitter. Barkas reminds you of Magnus Hedman. Oh, come on. 
Magnus Hedman. That's a blast from the past. Doesn't seem to have any presence and doesn't communicate. Uh, you know, what happened after Barca's come in? The Celtic fans, I think, wanted Foster. We don't know exactly what happened. And um, he certainly didn't want to come back. We know that much. And he's now warming the bench at Southampton. So we went for someone else who we had scouted and Barkas, he comes in almost immediately. He is a subject of criticism in the Scottish press and by the usual suspects. Uh, at that time, I felt that it was unnecessary and I thought it was unfair. Did he play well against Rangers? Well, it wasn't spectacular, was he? I mean, you're looking at maybe the first goal and although it was uh, an error by Shane Duffy and playing the boy on, although it was an error by... Ayer to just stand there with his hand up in the air. Although young Welsh was caught flat-footed, I just still think the goalkeeper hasn't even made an attempt to get down to it. Uh, so yeah, if you're going to start picking holes in his performances, certainly. Um, I probably thought he was partially to blame for the second goal against Ferenc Varos, although the defender, El Hamid, was really poor in that scenario. And I like El Hamid, and I think he's solid normally. But overall, I don't think it's time... To, to rip up the the uh, the team and start again. I'd be amazed if Barkas drops out tomorrow night. And I hope, Hughes, uh, I hope that uh, Magnus Hedman and the ghostly Magnus Hedman hasn't returned because, um, you know, he had a massive amount uh, of uh, profile when he came into the club. He had a huge, huge wage at the time. And, you know... I remember a game against Bayern Munich where I would blame him entirely for the for the loss. So, no, I'm hoping that he's a much better um, option than Big Magnus ever was. Now, uh, McSweet44, how do you donate to you, bro? Well, I love that sentiment, I really do. But all everything we do is free. And what we're hoping to do is we're hoping to, to raise funds by a, different, a few different ways. First of all, you'll see up above there a bit of sponsorship. And... It's a necessary, it's a necessary route to take uh, when you are um, producing alternative media, like a Celtic state of mind is. We are alternative. We are part of a state of mind, which is basically the same people, but we've set it up as a as a company so that we can um, expand and so that we can build a Celtic state of mind and we can make it bigger and better. Um, with regards to studios and uh, obviously the platform that we've we've started to build here. So we don't ask for anybody to donate, but thank you very much uh, for offering. But what we will do is we will um, we will try and raise funds by other ways. So sponsorship is going to be a big part of that, and uh, fans bet will be offering a Celtic State of Mind. Um, you know, different odds um, just because you listen to us and things like that for games. So we're hoping for something for tomorrow. We also uh, will be producing bespoke merchandise, so it won't be a case of just you know, running a lot of t-shirts up or running a lot of badges and pin badges, not criticising anyone who does it. But it's being done. It's been done very well and it's been done in bulk elsewhere. But we do have some very, very good ideas for merchandise that we're going to be selling. Um, you know, and we're going to be selling it at a good price, uh, but it's going to be quality. That's probably why it's not available at the moment. We've got prototypes for certain things that we're going to be releasing. But when they do... Um, come out to you, I think you'll be very impressed because it's real, you know, they're manufactured, the garments are going to be manufactured rather than just bought in in bulk and printed on and all this kind of stuff. Um, so they will be available and also the publication date of our first book that we're publishing uh, will be announced very, very soon. That book is Forever Celtic by Tom Campbell and David Potter. So that's how we're going to be raising 
um, funds to allow a Celtic state of mind to grow. We won't be asking for patrons and we won't be asking for donations. Um, so thank you very much for bringing that up, though. And like button, folks. Yeah, Jones, 79, you're absolutely right. What we need to do is we need to subscribe and like. Like the video on YouTube. It will grow. We'll get linked in to various other things um, as well. Now, CSP1988, hope you're not leaking the team again. Ever since Friday, not only have I been dealing with the comments like that, and I know you're fishing, and I'm not taking it to heart, um, we've also been talking about other aspects of a Celtic state of mind. We made it onto the, what's it called, Kerryfield. Is it Kerryfield Street? Uh, which is basically memes and taking uh, the mickey out of Celtic fans. And listen, when you get beat to nothing in the Glasgow Derby, you're going to expect that. So we made it onto that as well. And they were talking about uh, my guests' uh, hairstyle and choice of hairstyles. So you put it out there, you've got to take it. Kevin Graham, no, we won't be releasing any teams, we won't be leaking any teams and uh, we will be telling you our predicted teams and why. Kevin Graham, the stories this morning about how unwell Beaton and Ilhamid were and are was worrying. I totally agree with you Kevin. It could be a few weeks before we see them and Eddie. It just shows you doesn't it? It just shows you and I, I know a lot of people tuning in have been personally affected by it and I know that you've been, uh, members of your family have been affected by this horrific situation that we find ourselves in um, and again we don't make it a political show but I was listening to the words yesterday of Andy Burnham uh, down in Manchester and uh, he looks like a leader to me doesn't he, he looks like a leader how often have you been inspired by anything that you've heard from um, the UK government in relation to how we are dealing with this pandemic um, I've never been inspired, I've got to say. But yeah, I do think that Burnham's a good leader and I'm not pinning my political colours. I'm talking about him as an individual. I'm always very impressed with him. I was very impressed with his involvement in the inquiry into Hillsborough as well. So a lot of time for that that chap. I think he's a natural leader and he's a man of the people as well. Um, but yeah, this is a virus that um, is not going to go anywhere anytime soon. And even when we get the, the the actual vaccine for it as well, Kevin, as you and I have discussed in depth, this is a virus that's going to be with us. It's going to be with us probably forevermore. It's entered into um, uh, our day-to-day lives. It's affected us terribly. It's going to continue to affect us. You think of any virus that's part of our day-to-day lives, you know, and the vaccines that need to be uh, taken and the certain uh, spikes that we see uh, during certain times of the year and um, we learn to live with it we adapt our lives to live with that we can't really do that until such times as we have the vaccine and we control it, it's not being controlled at the moment so absolutely Kevin you read these these reports and you, you hear from our players, Beaton and Alhamid and how it's affected them adversely um, my heart goes out to them and the most important thing is their health and we yeah, we want to see them back in Celtic jerseys. But the most important thing is the players' health. Um, but it just shows you how horrifically this um, virus can affect people, Kevin. Um, Francie Dubell, you welcome back to the show. Great to see you, sir. You're commenting on YouTube. Our defence need to tighten up. No wonder Barkas looks unsure at times. Well, this is the thing as well, isn't it? I mean, we've got we've got Barkas coming in. We've got Shane Duffy coming in. It's a new setup. Uh, we've been playing with three in front of the goalie. I actually think that's going to change tomorrow night. Um, 
probably for two reasons. Firstly, uh, due to the performance actually on Saturday, but also we're looking ahead to how AC Milan will line up. Will they line up as a 4-2-3-1 away from home in the Europa League against Celtic? Maybe some of our Italian correspondents can tell us. So what we've got is my predicted 11, not leaked, predicted. Barkas and goals. I'm going to be playing with Ayer and Duffy because Julian will be out tomorrow night. This is very harsh on young Welsh, and it is in my mind to play Welsh on the right-hand side, at right-back. Because from Callum uh, McFadden, who was on the show last week, he's got a good knowledge of Greenock Morton. He was saying that Welsh did play some games for Morton, although he wasn't as effective out there. I think when you've seen him uh, on the right-hand side of the, the back three, as it was on Saturday, he looked very comfortable. Um, could he play right full-back? I would see it as a risk because I've never seen him playing there. Uh, Neil Lennon will know better than I. I wouldn't even look upon it as being uh, a dropping from Welsh. I don't think it, it could be viewed as him being dropped as such because it's all to do with the shape. I think Welsh played particularly well uh, compared to the people playing alongside him. Uh, I pointed out three very important uh, moments of the game where he intercepted dangerous crosses into the box and he took control of the situation. He played like um, a guy a lot uh, more experienced than he is. But he is dropping to the bench for me. And on the left-hand side, I'm bringing back Greg Taylor um, at left-back rather than uh, wing-back. He's a left-back for me. Um, and Frimpong, who I don't think actually defensively has got the same quality that Taylor has. He's far more effective going forward. I've said this time and time again. But why would I put him right back? Well, he is a right back. And we signed him as a right back. And that's, that is his um, his natural position. Um, even if it's a case of him playing there and uh, ensuring that uh, he goes toe-to-toe with their left-hand side, with Ayer um, supporting him at the back and then being able to break away because he does have that energy, the speed, um, and he, he does have the ability to go past players. So although he is playing right back, you would be looking for him as an overlapping fullback rather than, than a wing back. Um, then Brown and McGregor, a lot has been said about them in the last few days. Uh, there's no way I would be going into the game tomorrow night without my captain. No way. And I think that uh, his performance wasn't great on Saturday. But Bruni will want to um, you know, be the guy that pulls his teammates back on track I think it would be a huge mistake to leave him out and I don't think there's any chance of Lenny leaving him out uh, McGregor absolutely but again he is playing in a position where we're not seeing him um, offensively we're not seeing his shooting prowess um, McGregor was always good for a goal in Europe wasn't he if you look back and you know I still think he could be so yeah McGregor and Brown now this is again a 4 2 three, one that I'm playing because the three more offensive players who are playing in between the midfield and the uh, lone striker who is Griffiths will be Ryan Christie and Christie will be playing in many ways off of Griffiths as well as behind Griffiths because he has the energy to do that I'm going to keep Laxalt in the team uh, but I'm going to play him more you know as this wing back but when you're looking at Luxol, you are also looking for him to play um, behind the striker in that uh, advanced midfield role. And I'm also going to play Turnbull as well. So my three is Turnbull, Christie and Luxol. 
with Griffiths playing up front. Let me know what you think of that team. Let me know if you see any glaringly obvious mistakes in picking that side. Um, and, you know, Kevin Graham goes back to say that thankfully they are okay and will return. Absolutely beat on. This is the thing again. Beaton and Alhamid um, have been hammered by this virus, but they will return. And there's so many people out there who won't return from this. There's people in our families who won't return from it. So my heart goes out to all of those folk who have been affected terribly by the coronavirus, uh, not just through the illness itself, but just, you know, the mental issues that that creates uh, with the isolation uh, and losing members of your family and close friends and the fear factor. You're looking ahead and wondering when when is this going to end? And what we try and do is we try... Um, and raise awareness as much as we can about mental health on this show so please anyone who is suffering get in touch if you can think of no other thing to do and you feel that you're able to because we know people that we can put you in touch with we know experts and specialists in that field um, but you know immerse yourself in things that make you happy and sometimes that's a very simple thing to say um, and try and, and remain active and try and, and exercise and get out in the fresh air um, it's incredible sometimes how good you feel. Uh, I live on coastal paths in Fife and just get out there and you can get the fresh air even if it's a bad day and the water uh, to your right and uh, the freshness of that and the sound of that. And you come home after a brisk walk, you feel a lot better. And you know sometimes it's something as simple as that. But if you need to talk to someone, get in touch and we'll be able to put you in touch uh, with other um, people who are, are far more... Um, you know, experts in the field than I am. But we we always hand that that advice out. Get in touch, and we can put you in, in touch with other people. This is horrific, but you know what? It will come to an end. This isn't going to be the norm. It's not going to be the new norm. Yeah, we will have to learn to live with this virus, but we've done it before. We've done it with um, worse viruses before as well. Uh, when you look at the death toll, some of the viruses that um, hitherto were unknown in the last 30 years, and people will start um, quoting me different journals and stuff like that. But we have come through uh, some horrible uh, pandemics in the past when it comes to uh, viruses that started from um, getting them from, obviously this one came from a bat, um, and that's not to say someone was eating a bat, which people automatically assumed. Uh, one of the biggest, horror, most horror, horrific viruses in my lifetime um, has been the HIV virus that, uh, you know, that originally came from uh, rabbits as well. So these uh, mutated viruses from animal to human uh, can be horrific, but we were able to adapt lifestyles to live with these viruses and this one is going to be the same. And it's been a long drawn out process. It's been a horrific year. Uh, sometimes our escapism is football, sometimes it's podcasts and broadcasts. Get in touch if you think we can assist you by putting you in touch with people who might want to visit yourself or speak to you over the telephone. Um, but my predicted team for tomorrow night, Barkas, Frimpong, Taylor, Ayer, Duffy, Brown, McGregor, Turnbull, Christie, Laxalt, Griffiths. Now, it's not enough for us all to say we're all Neil Lennon, keep the faith. We need to make it happen. Celtic have the personnel, we have the support and we need, we really do need a convincing performance tomorrow before we go through and play Aberdeen at Pataudry. They scored a few goals, that's always good uh, going into a big game and it is a big game against Celtic on Sunday. So please, 
Um, get involved in all the the broadcasts that we do. Subscribe to us on YouTube. And um, anyone at all who wants to come on and share your views, as you I've seen on Monday, we had two new pundits on. And um, obviously, this is business premises and we are um, looking at all the different stipulations and regulations required in order to do any kind of broadcasts. Uh, we're also doing bo- uh, podcasts and broadcasts through the... Um, Dialing process, we try and avoid them because sometimes you're at the mercy of someone else's Wi-Fi. But there we are. We've got a big game tomorrow night. Zlatan Ibrahimovic is coming to Celtic Park. He'll love it. Uh, even without the fans, it'll be an experience for these players. But Celtic need to step up. Um, their performance on Saturday was was way off what we expect of the Celtic side. We need to get our season back on track. And tomorrow night is a good time to start. We will be here again this afternoon where I'll be talking to Anthony Haggerty about the season so far. But we'll also be here for the bulletin tomorrow at 12.30 with Stevie Mullen. And then at night time, I'll be joined by Stevie and Kevin Graham and perhaps a third special guest. We will be talking about the game half an hour before the match and at half time and at full time. But until then, um, the only thing left for me to say is to thank you all for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio is a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.